This is The First Time, Chirp Radio's live storytelling and music series. Every show, we invite a group of storytellers to talk about different firsts and pick a song to go with it. This show's theme was First Break, recorded at Martyrs in Chicago's North Center with music by The First Time 3. Here's your host, Jen Sedini. First time I met Andre Vasquez, he was canvassing for his first campaign, came to my apartment in Bowmanville, started talking about himself. I was watching British Bake Off. I was in a bit of a funk. And I was like, okay, just like tell me what you're going to do in like the first three years before you get corrupted by the political machine of Chicago. You got like a couple minutes. Um, and then we started talking, and then I wanted to sign his petition, and then the pen was out, and I was like, let me give you some pens. And I had a bunch of chirpradio.org pens. It all comes back around. And I was like, oh yeah, I host this show. He's like, oh, I used to be an MC. I was like, all right, this guy's cool. I'm voting for him. <laughs> Just winning re-election, supporting Brandon Johnson. Give it up for 40th Ward Alderman, Andre Vasquez. I do city council meetings every once in a while, but this is what gets me nervous. How y'all doing? It's great. All right. Uh, so my name is Andre Vasquez. I'm the 40th Ward Alder person. Uh, thank you so much for providing the opportunity to share my story with you. Uh, my story is entitled, The First Time I Met Bernie Sanders, a.k.a. Yes, you too can become an elected official someday. Uh, first, I'd like to share a bit about who I am and my experience, or lack thereof, so as to illustrate how unlikely it was that I ended up here. Uh, I was uh, born and raised in an immigrant family here in Chicago. Uh, my parents came to Chicago in the late uh, 1970s, back in the 1900s. Uh, <laughs> Uh, my father, Andres Vasquez, was a bootmaker who worked at a shoe repair business downtown, and my mother worked midnight shift at an envelope factory. Yes, there are factories that make envelopes. I also did not know that until I grew up. Uh, we grew up poor. We were displaced from neighborhood to neighborhood due to rising rent. Uh, my young life was spent studying, reading, and feeling the kind of religious guilt one would imagine growing up in an immigrant family. Uh, it's true. As a result of gentrification and the associated displacement, I grew up in a number of neighborhoods in Chicago, uh, from Bucktown to K-Town to Avondale, Ukrainian Village to Old Irving to you name it, I probably lived there. Um, I also went to five different public schools uh, growing up. I grew up very socially awkward and anxious as a result of really having such a fractured student experience. Um, I was a smart kid who wrote poetry but felt very alone until I found a way to express myself and gain some recognition by becoming a hip-hop artist and battle rapper, as one does. <laughs> right, Jitesh? You know what's up. <laughs> Props, much respect. So, in the 90s, hip-hop music is what informed my political leanings without my being conscious of it. Uh, artists like Rakim, KRS-One, Lauryn Hill, Nas, Ice Cube, Common, or Common Sense, as he was known back then, uh, taught me how to be courageous enough to have a voice as a person of color in a world that did not and does not always view us as equal. Uh, it taught me to speak in front of a crowd as I visited every corner of the city to battle other MCs. Uh, it taught me to have a confidence I didn't have before. And ultimately, through battle rap, I was able to tour nationwide to get on HBO, MTV, and ultimately grow 
a pretty decent following of folks. Um, I share all that background uh, because it is what allowed me to ultimately be invited to meet Senator Bernie Sanders. That's it's a little bit of a trip there, but you, we'll get there. Uh, all right. In 2015, I was beginning to pay attention to politics, partly because of West Wing reruns and mostly because I had met my wife and we now had our kids, our daughter Avery and our son Parker, so it caused me to think about the sacrifices my parents made and the sacrifices I felt I would need to make for my kids to have a better future than what I grew up uh, in. Uh, as the candidates for president began campaigning, uh, it was a 74-year-old, or year young, Jewish man from Vermont who got on the stump and sounded like my rap records to me. I know that's what you guys think when you hear Bernie Sanders, right? Such <laughs> a Spotify playlist sound like. Uh, uh, to hear someone who might as well have been on the other side of the planet compared uh, to my experience, speaks so plainly about the inequity we all face, about the 1% using its money to influence government and to continue to game a system that has disenfranchised so many of us who have felt like outsiders. That sounded like Public Enemy. It sounded like A Tribe Called Quest. It sounded like Nas. It sounded like Ice Cube all rolled into one to me. I don't know if that's for Bernie or for the hip hop artist, but either way, we're good. That's right. Uh, you should hear Bernie's raps. So to, 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 to hear someone running for the highest elected office in our nation sounding like that drew me in just like a new album or new mixtape dropping. Um, as someone who had a following in a community that did not actively engage in politics, I felt I needed to do whatever I could to put people on to make sure they were also engaged. So I got to social media and started sharing every video, every article, and every meme of Bernie I could find. Uh, thousands of people were seeing Bernie content hour after hour, day after day. Those of you who follow me on social media know that is true. Uh, that's right, facts. All right, then, uh, so uh, day after day. Uh, then one day I had a friend named Jackie who I hadn't spoken to since the 90s hit me up. Jackie was excited to see her battle rapper buddy from back in the day out there stumping for Bernie online and extended an invitation to actually meet Bernie when he was coming to town. Uh, it turned out that Jackie's younger brother was an alderman uh, and could put me on a list to meet Bernie when he came to Little Village uh, because I was local, Latino, and a leader. I figured I was local and Latino. Uh, two out of three ain't bad. So I got, I got every bit as geeked as one would imagine upon hearing that they will be able to meet someone who might be our next president and who they support. Um, so the day of that event, I made my way to a small restaurant in Little Village called El Pollo Feliz. Uh, that's the happy chicken for our folks here who may not understand Spanish or sarcasm. Uh, I showed up, because the chicken's not happy. Okay, so I just want to clarify that for folks. So I showed up an hour before the event, uh, before the campaign staff showed up and waited. Uh, once the staff showed up, I volunteered to move chairs, to help get set up, um, I basically auditioned to be a roadie for the burn wagon I was clearly on already. Uh, I made sure I had a good seat as people started showing up. Uh, as I was sitting there, I was talking to folks to shake off some of my anxiety, and I met a man by the name of Dago. As I was thinking a couple steps ahead, I started hatching a plan and needed an accomplice, so I made my pitch to Dago right there. I said, all right, here's what we're gonna do, all right? You and I both have phones, we both have cameras on those phones, right? If I meet Bernie, you take the picture. If you meet Bernie, I take the picture. That way we get the picture. Are we, we good? 
All right. So as I'm gaining agreement on the deal, Bernie starts walking in. And I'm fumbling to put my phone in my pocket. As he came by, I stuck my hand out to shake it. Uh, I will share this to folks who have not had the opportunity to shake Bernie, hand, uh, Bernie Sanders' hands. Uh, they are as soft as a grandpa's hand. Uh, <laughs> combined with the sternness that comes with waving it as a fist against the establishment, <laughs> as Bernie Sanders does. So, so Bernie walks up to the stage, right? And he starts dropping bars. Uh, I mean, hit after hit. And I was singing along in my head, right? So he's, he's calling out the millionaires and the billionaires and the 1%. All right? And I'm, I'm there. I'm there. I am there. Right? So if he would have done a call and response, I would have been on beat, ready to be the hype man. I, I'm there. That's how electric it felt to me in the little chicken shack I was hanging out in. All right? So he's wrapping up. And I'm making a beeline to Bernie, right? So I could meet him. Like, You're, you already know. Right? You're going through. Dago was moving behind me, ready to execute on the plan. As I said hello to the senator, Dago asked, can I take a picture of you both? To which I said, let's take a million of them, like I'm cool or whatever, right? <laughs> which got a laugh out of Bernie, as shown in Exhibit A. That's right. That's right. That's right. All right, so, so. You'll see a smile there. Those of you who know Bernie Sanders and have seen Bernie Sanders know that it is hard to get a smile. So this like increases the value of if it was a trading card is all I'm saying about that. It's a very hard card to find. All right. So as Bernie left, I was still all aglow as I sat there and watched some of the alders and the elected officials who were present at the event, all like schmoozing and hobnobbing with each other, right? Um, they were there cracking jokes in their blazer and jean combinations. I just say that because some of y'all that work retail or work, you guys know. The blazer and jean combination, you know, you know who they are. So I just, just to put that out there. So it reminded me of some people I had worked with in my retail jobs. They seem to have to be, they seem to me to be very similar to some of the managers I had known, and that humanized them in a way I hadn't really thought about before. So two things happened that day at El Pollo Feliz. One, uh, I met Bernie Sanders and got a picture with him. So immediately I thought to myself, well, I need to get this guy elected so I can tell my kids when they're older that their daddy met the president. <laughs> priorities, people, priorities. Uh, and two, I saw the electeds in their blazer and jean combos and thought to myself, I can do that shit. Uh, <laughs> as we all should, as we all, I met them. Trust me, they're not special. You guys should also feel the same way. Uh, it's true. All right, so in that moment, that day at the Happy Chicken, uh, I decided I would do whatever I could to help Bernie get elected. I found some Facebook friends, and we drove to Iowa to help during the primary, then came back to Chicago to organize a fundraiser called Burnfest at the Wild Hare. Happy chickens, wild hares, bears and tigers, oh my, whatever. Uh, throughout, through that fundraiser, I met Amanda Weaver, an organizer who became my mentor, who motivated me to train as an organizer with the People's Lobby and to become a part of their candidate pipeline. So over the next three years, I organized, when I knocked on your door. So over the next three years, I organized our community to knock on doors, host events, and build a coalition to campaign for Alderperson of the 40th Ward. Uh, we ran against Patrick O'Connor. You don't, no, I, somebody was gonna, you don't have to do that. I, I love you too. Uh, so so uh, we ran against Pat O'Connor, a machine politician who had been in office for nine terms. That's 36 years. That's right, and was the mayor's floor leader and the chair of finance. You know, regular guy. Uh, so in, uh, in 2018, 
I formally announced my candidacy, candidacy and ran as a democratic socialist. Uh, we took it to a runoff, at which point the money started flowing into my opponent's campaign. The charter schools, the developers, and Rahm Emanuel, uh, the holy trinity or whatever you want to call it, uh, <laughs> poured $1.5 million against us. We only have, they, they, they outraised us 10 to 1. They had the money, but we had the people. Before that municipal election, Bernie Sanders came back to Chicago for the midterm elections. So this time he was at Navy Pier, and thousands of people came out to see him, right? So he was, he was campaigning at that point. Since I was a candidate in the runoff during that time, I was actually able to meet him for three minutes again and get a picture with him, right? So we couldn't bring anything, but I took a, so ridiculous. I, uh, I had a candidate business card. Don't do that. If you're running for office, it's not, it's not cool. QR code or whatever, it's not cool. So I had a business card of a, a candidate business card and, 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 I pre and a campaign button from our race, right? So I'm like, I walked up to Bernie for my picture uh, and I've got, I've got it in my hand. Palms every bit, every bit as sweaty as Eminem and 8 Mile. That's right. <laughs> Rapper reference for everybody here. All right. That's right. And so I said to him, hey, Senator, my name is Andre Vasquez, and right now I am posed to unseat a 36-year incumbent, the mayor's floor leader, and to defeat the Chicago Machines million-dollar campaign while running as a Democratic Socialist. We are going to do this because of you. As I gave him the button in the card, he looked at me and he said, uh, no bullshit. <laughs> I promise you that's 100% true. My guy said, uh, no bullshit. Uh, <laughs> so I thanked him for inspiring me. <laughs> In that election, we beat the machine. We out, that's right. We were outspent 10 to one, but we won. Uh, over the next, over our first term, uh, we got the grand prize, the global pandemic. Uh, over our first term, We've taken on just about everything you can as an elected and had to take care of our neighbors through a pandemic. Uh, four years later, I uh, ran for re-election against two challengers and we earned 79% of the vote. All right, a little, little pet. The highest margin of a progressive in the city of Chicago. It's pretty cool. And that's without the Winnemac dog park fight because you all know that's about, my, my dog people know. Uh, now, having said all that, I need y'all to do your part, right? So if you guys also want to become elected, Bernie's actually going to be in town tomorrow. So please feel free to go uh, run through and meet him. He's going to be at the UIC Credit Union Plaza, whatever it's called now. I, th I think it's the pavilion. Um, he's out there rallying for Brandon Johnson, who should and will be our next mayor of Chicago, right? <laughs> two, two things to remember. One, actually, I'm going to can I do call and response back and forth? I'm gonna do it anyway. How many of y'all have not voted, put a hand up? Not yet. Not yet. Everybody here voted already? Come on, stop running, stop, okay. Vote between now and Tuesday, please do that. We need all of you to do that, that's one. Two, uh, go meet Bernie Sanders, shake his hand, maybe you also can become an elected, because apparently that's how it works. Thank y'all so much. <laughs> Thank mm -hmm. you.
First Time is hosted by Jen Sedini, with production by Bobby Evers, Andy Vasoyan, and Executive Director Julie Miller. 
The podcast is edited by Andy Vasoyan, with songs performed by The First Time Three. You can find this and other Chirp podcasts and interviews at chirpradio.org slash podcasts.